What's up, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today's guest is an awesome one. He has some great stories to tell you today. He was part of the Air Force Honor Guard, which is an elite ceremonial unit based out of Washington, D.C. He did ceremonies for the likes of President Barack Obama and President George W. Bush. He's mixed it up with a bunch of celebrities while doing the gig. Uh, And be prepared because this man does not have a filter, so it makes the podcast all that much more fun. Everybody give it up for Matt Williams. All right, man. We'll get started. Okay. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the Tell Me Something podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Villanueva, and have the other host here. Hi, I'm Holly Villanueva. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a new guest today, Mr. Matt Williams. Sorry, Hi. I said Mr., but. It's okay. Yeah. Future doctor. Future doctor? Yeah. Not Future yet. doctor. All right. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, glad to have you here, man. It's, I'm pretty excited about it. So much potential for, uh, getting fired and all the but, but what my wife gonna, thinks I'm going to get fired. You're never so. coming back. I, <laughs> I could do this every day and I think I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd yeah. find something to talk about. You can't get fired, man. Just, you just won't be invited again, but <laughs> I, I doubt that would be the case. Yeah. Uh, definitely looking forward to this. Uh, if anything, this will be entertaining, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I hope so. I hope you learn something. Uh, I hope don't the, teach the audience learns something. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. So like, that's the point of this podcast, bringing just Tell everyday people right. that they're not famous. They're, they don't have 10 million followers, but they have life lessons and cool stories, interesting stories, funny stories, sad stories, whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, or shit just to laugh at. Um, and that's, the shit that I wanted to share with everybody, <laughs> all the two listeners, all two of them. Yeah, that's my running joke. And I listeners. can learn. I can listen later, so I will be a listener too. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's plus one. That's We're up to three now. <laughs> yeah, and then you can just judge the shit out of yourself. Yeah. Uh, I sound funny. Do I really sound like that? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's weird, right? You yeah. record yourself and then you play it back and you listen to yourself and it's just like, there's no way I sound like that. That's stupid. We had this talk already about the different voices. We did. Oh, yeah. And that confused me. <laughs> what were they again? The three different voices. The voice you hear inside your head. That's one. The voice you hear when you talk out loud. And the voice that other people hear when you're talking. Yeah. But none of them sound the same. And then your head explodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When she told me that, I was like, wait, what? Run that by <laughs> me one more time. But there you go. Three voices. So anyway... <laughs> Back to our special guest. Dude, so I brought you on because you are a hell of a dude. You are an interesting character. Thank uh you, you have no filter whatsoever. None so whatsoever. people be prepared. <laughs> Some people Pre- like that. Okay. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I love it, man. Um You've had quite the Air Force career and experience throughout your 15 16, years? Almost 16. Almost 16 years. Um, and, and we'll get into that. And then on top of that, so you have your Air Force life. And then you manage your personal life. That Where you just happen to have, well, you're married. Yes. And you happen to have 10 kids. 10 children. 
ten children. This many. Two hands. Yeah, two yeah, it's two, two hands. That's two hands. You need two hands, yep. That many children. That many. <laughs> and everybody has the same reaction when they hear it. Yes. <laughs> I said, are you sure you have ten children? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure. I was like, really? Are you joking? I was like, no, I'm not joking. Why would I pick ten as my random joke? <laughs> <laughs> And more on the you way, say right? Five and people are like, "Whoa, that's a lot of kids!" Like well, it was ten Did years we ago. Have five more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Two thousand nine, I had five kids. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I need Did to step you have my game kids up. when you joined the Air Force? I had yeah, one and a half. Uh, we were halfway done making the second one. I was she about was, to ask, how does that happen? She was born a uh, month and a half after I joined the Air Force. Yeah. So. So you're in basic. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. actually, no. I had graduated basic. And I'd been in the honor guard for like a week. And uh, I, my superintendent called me up. You know, I was a, a one-striper. And I went up to the master sergeant. Like, everybody, like, my instructor grabbed me. And they, like, shuffled me up to the, the superintendent's office. And they're like, you need to come with us. I'm like, but I don't have any reason to be in the <laughs> – what did I do? Like, what I don't remember doing anything to deserve coming to the – and I walk into the superintendent's office, and he's like, on the phone, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, we're fine. Oh, here he is right here, ma'am. I'm like, who, who is he talking to? And he's talking to my mother-in-law, um, who's like, I answer the phone, and she's like, hi, daddy. I'm like, oh, hey, what happened? She's like, she had her baby today. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so talk about, <laughs> talk about that for like a minute, because I'm still like nervous as crap, because I'm in the boss's office. Like, what am I supposed to do in here? I've never been this close to a master sergeant before um and, <laughs> and then i'm like okay <laughs> thanks i guess <laughs> thanks for telling me i have a kid now uh, i appreciate it <laughs> bye <laughs> so, uh and then i go back to work so student in tech school status and go back to being current so i didn't get to go see them until christmas time so she's born october 20th so damn yeah that's rough yeah so that was my first. Twenty. That's, that's my first. Uh, oh yeah, it is. Fun thing in the Air Force was missing my first daughter being born. So welcome to born the Air at Force. My in-laws' house because we had a midwife. Yeah. Because we couldn't afford regular medical stuff, so we got a midwife. Midwives are only like two thousand dollars for the whole thing, the end, and <laughs> and it was great. Midwives will let you do whatever, and they're awesome. How long so did they stay weird? with you? So, huh? Was it weird? No, it wasn't weird. She does everything the doctors do except. Like at your come house. to your house, yeah. <laughs> How long do they stay with you? Till you're like stable, and then they leave. Probably just till the end of the day, most of the time. Hmm. Yeah. Dang, that's yeah. nuts, man. It's cool. Do you have all the monitors and IVs and stuff? No, they don't have the IVs. Just um, they do everything. They have like well, this was 2004, so they had like a little box that just carried age. around and yeah, Stone Age of medicine. So. But yeah, they let her get up and walk around. They let her take a shower and like just walk around until she's ready to have the baby. So it's good. Oh, man. So you joined. You already had a kid, mm-hmm. and then half. So did you join because you were making a family, or? Well, we um, we met in college, and then we and we got married right at the end of our first year of college, and then she was having more issues than I was having, but we were both pretty much burned out of college already because we'd just been in school for our whole life. So we were ready to do something different. So I'm like, well, I could join the military and then still go back to college and get some get free education later. So do that. And then she was okay with it. Her dad was in the Air Force for a little bit. My dad was in the Air Force my whole life. So, hmm. yeah. 
and then joined the Air Force, and then I was supposed to be AIDS, which was uh, aerospace ground equipment, which is like flight line, biatch, and mechanics. Right? They they're not even mechanics as much as they're like the mechanics for the mechanics. Like they they bring the like the lights, <laughs> they bring like the machines, like all the tools that mechanics don't have in their own thing. Like the big tools, they they're the ones that like bring them there and operate them. It, uh, yeah. Walsh, if you hear this, don't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from what I've heard from people who did it, it is not pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I got into age because I signed up in like April and the Air Force wasn't taking anybody. Their recruiters had zero quotas for like the whole year. And so they were just not taking anybody. So I worked all summer at like Whataburger and a grocery store and like hoping that this wasn't my whole life for the next like forever. Um, and so... I was doing that. I was working like 7 to 4 at Whataburger and like 5 to midnight at the grocery store Damn. for the whole summer. So May, You're grinding, man. May through August. And there's these old dudes. And this was like the mo- the first eye-opening experience in my life. Like at the same time I joined, I was, I was like 18, just starting work as like cart pusher guy at the grocery store. Yeah. And there's these two like 60-year-old dudes starting the same time. And they're still like sweeping floors and stuff. I'm like, okay. Don't be that guy when you're 60 years old. <laughs> Don't still need to have a job sweeping floors and stuff. Like, do something. And uh, so I was calling my recruiter, like, every day to the point where the recruiter stopped answering. He had me go to his boss at, like, the regional recruiter. I was calling him every day. Be like, hey, find me something to get me in the Air Force. I'll do whatever. Whatever comes up. So, um, so it ended up being aerospace ground equipment. And then I went in September 1st, I joined the Air Force. And then um, I think it was like four weeks in, the Honor Guard came a-knocking. And they came pretty much every six weeks down to Lackland to catch people, like, before they leave. And I just left D.C. for when I was a senior in high school. So um, I knew everything about D.C. I knew the whole Honor Guard. But the main things I heard were no deployments for four years and – go back to dc i'm like sold <laughs> um and because uh, you know i just got married i don't want to have that deployment life yeah and, yeah for right after that and uh so well, during that time oh, no, everybody was really out yeah yeah so uh so yeah so i did that i joined the honor guard the, the honor guard recruiter came i remember she was a very tiny angry uh staff sergeant and uh <laughs> She basically was like, yeah, you're all going to come, and I ain't going to like none of you, and it's great. You know, they have the drill team, and, you know, you're watching the drill team, the four-man normally, which is like the elite drill team guys, and you're like, ooh, I want to do that, which is a lie because you're probably not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but they sell you on the drill team and didn't don't tell you anything else about it. It's like the Air Force selling you <laughs> on, right. on jets, and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you're pushing paper. <laughs> like, those commercials, like – uh, this is your life right here, spec ops and space stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's not the Air Force, but you're gonna uh, be finance, <laughs> yeah, finance, and everybody's gonna hate you. So she puts this piece of duct tape on the wall and is like, uh, "Everybody, take your boots off and uh, come. We'll come get your height." And me and my buddy, who were the same height, and which is six five, and we go over there, and she's like five six, and she put it at like her height, right? Like her brain height, right? And we walk over there, and I'm like, um, I'm not Elton John or anything, so do I need to take my boots off? Because this is like 
like shoulder level for me. And she's like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, all right, cool. So basically from that day on, I was going to the honor guard. There was no like reason to do anything to the point where my TI waived my final e drill eval, my st uh, like standing manuals and stuff where you like, I don't know if they still do it, but you have to report in and then like do different manuals that he's like, you're going to the honor guard. You're going to whatever. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, but cool. You'll get enough of that. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah, that's great. I was laundry guy in basic anyway. So I missed half of basic training, just sitting in the laundry room, <laughs> watching everybody's dirty shit, <laughs> but I was studying. So I got yeah. like honor grad cause I got all the good grades cause I didn't have anything else to do. So I was reading yeah. that thing. So, so, uh, honor guard. So for the people that don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about like what honor guard does. So the air force honor guard, is in Washington, D.C., and all the uh, services have a, an elite ceremonial unit that the primary job is to perform funerals in Arlington National Cemetery. And the secondary job is, like, everything else that happens in D.C. Um, but, like, your main job is, like, grunt dude in the honor guard is to be in a marching formation for funerals. Yeah. And the Army has, like thousands of people in the honor guard and they're all the old guard that's what they're called and they're all army infantry and uh so because the army has is you know they're all still burying people from world war ii so they have you know like dozens of funerals every day and so the army's infantry and the old guard they're the ones that do the tomb the guarding of the tomb of the unknown soldier yep all that stuff um the Marine Corps has the uh, honor guard that is uh, – they are all infantry also, or at least they used to be. And they're downtown D.C. at 8th and I is where they were. Um, and the Navy is on bowling. It's Joint Base Anacostia bowling. The Anacostia half is the crappy Navy half. So, like, <laughs> that's where the Navy was. Um, but – so the Navy and the Air Force are basically – the most similar because we're just everybody from everywhere kind of people yeah. uh, that they pull from basic training. And then every once in a while you get a couple of NCOs from the field. They get all their NCOs and senior NCOs from the field and CGOs and their commander, obviously. Um, and then the Coast Guard has an honor guard. Uh, and I never actually saw where it was, but it's out somewhere in Virginia. There's like 50 dudes and they do all the ceremonies for the whole Coast Guard, for the whole Coast Guard in the whole country. So I'm sure it's like one a year, but <laughs> like the <laughs> they go they go and they do TDYs all the time to do all that. So they everybody does everything in the Coast Guard on a guard gotcha. because there's so many there's not very many people. Yeah. So when the inaugurations happen or anything giant like a giant state funeral or ever, the demand from the army is an 81 man formation. So the Coast Guard doesn't have 81 people, so they just grab, like, regular Coasties to come in, like, march in formation for these things. But uh, those are some pretty epic events. But, yeah, so the primary job is burying uh, veterans. Basically, chief and above uh, get a full honors funeral, which is marching platoon, a color team, the Air Force Band, uh, uh, probably a master sergeant or a CGO, uh, and then a guide on as the marching formation and then they get six or eight man body bearer team to carry the casket and then a seven person fireman uh, fire party. So 
your job is one of those three things. You're either a color team person, a body bear person, or a firing party person. Um, but everybody does the marching stuff, and everybody marches marches flight and for the funerals. So I left the honor guard with over a thousand funerals that I participated in. Damn, um, that's a lot. Which is a fun conversation starter. Like, hey, how many funerals you been to? I've been to a thousand. Uh, <laughs> not flexing or anything. It's just weird. It's a weird <laughs> thing to talk about. Normally, it makes people depressed. Like, wow, that's really sad. Like, I mean, well, that, that's what I was thinking. I didn't like, know any of those people, so it's not particularly sad. But, uh, but you still see. Yes. The people grieving. So it does affect you. And uh, for people like me who were there for longer than we should have been, because uh, it's normally a three or four year tour. Yeah. Um, I have like no empathy because I had to turn it off because every day I was going to do funerals. And so you started out like, shit, this sucks. Yeah. And then, and then after a while, you just, while, you like just got desensitized. That. Yeah. You just delete that from your brain. You're just like a robot just showing up to people's funerals and doing ceremonies. Yeah. So I would imagine you'd have to. If not, you'd yeah. fucking go crazy. Yeah. And so I. I was never able to like turn that off, so that's part of the reason that I'm an asshole. I was, if you ask my wife, <laughs> so when people ask, know, why are you the way you? If are? you ask my wife, I was already an asshole before, but this just made it worse, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and then I started training other little clone of me assholes in the honor guard that like followed me everywhere I went. There goes the air force. <laughs> and then that's you know, have you ever seen the? Um, there was a video that went around YouTube a while ago. Um, our bearing tests that we do with a rubber chicken. Have you ever seen those? Uh, I've heard of them. I, yeah. I don't think I ever saw No, you know what? I have. Yeah. I did. I did so see it. Have you seen that? I haven't. So They're at, hilarious. At Spencer's, they used to have, and sometimes you can still buy them, a cow and a chicken. Yeah. Then when you squeeze them and let them go, it's like the chicken's like, Mah! and the cow's like, <laughs> so we would do bearing tests in the honor guard. And we, I was on colors, and we would do bearing tests all the time because – one, um, you get pictures taken of you all the time. Yeah. So you have to have really good bearing. Two, two weird stuff happens that you're not allowed to laugh at. Oh. So you have to practice that in case the worst case thing happens, right? There's a very famous picture of the drill team at a Dallas Cowboys game and 30 Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders go by. You got hmm. 20 honor guard dudes looking straight ahead. And the dude at the very end is like checking out the cheerleader. <laughs> he said, I'm not missing <laughs> this. <laughs> and, and it's just like, mm? and that guy probably got fired the next day. But his his picture is just his eyeballs like at ass level of the, the cheerleader closest to him. And it's like, yep. Bro for life. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do that. So, um, so, yeah, we had the cow and the chicken. And at a minimum, and they both are bug-eyed and the chicken's got their mouth wide open. Like it's just – silly yeah and at a minimum we would just like throw them in their face and like and make like weird noises but you, you squeeze them and then if you let it go really slowly it makes like a it, yeah. and it's really it's just silly to where you can't help but laugh and the unfortunate thing is that uh we used to do push-ups if you fell out if you fell out of the formation so it's not how many so 10 for every person that's left after you. Oh, so, shit. So, so if you were if you the first one, first you and there's screwed. 20 dudes after you, you're going to be pushing <laughs> till tomorrow probably. Yeah. And <laughs> so uh, you either got really good bearing or you got really swole. One of the two yeah. would have happened really quick. But uh, we just, you know, we would we would squeeze them. We would have them go up in their ear. We would sneak up behind people and whispering weird, like, dirty <laughs> things in their Sweet ear. Sweet nothings. Um, 
we would have the cow and the chicken be like smashing together like they were humping each other and they'd be something one of those things is going to make you crack yeah and so uh some of the guys like the newer guys cracked right away the older guys were desensitized so they were just yeah. like nope staring at the wall and there's nothing you could do about it the good thing about being taller than everybody is i'm just staring over their heads like nope not making eye contact i'm just mm. the so. one i saw they had the chicken coming in from like the side of your peripheral vision so it's just slowly creeping yeah. in and you see this fucking ridiculous chicken and you know by the time it gets to right in the yeah. center of your line of sight there's no way you can't laugh yeah, yeah. so uh, we got really good at making people laugh and testing people's bearing. And, and it's all kinds of stuff. You know, the, the body bears will tell you stories of things that are funny and things that are sad that like eventually you giggle at like funny things like, um, you know, like, uh, why well, it's not like funny, but it's wives going overboard with their like expression of grief, but they're like throwing themselves all over the place. And it's just kind of, when you separate yourself emotionally from that, it's funny to watch. And it's you, just you like, what the hell is going on yeah. right here? Uh, they had a couple times that, you know, some of the the children would, like, wander off because they're, like, young enough that you just, like, wander away and they fall in a hole or something. Um, the, you know, sometimes people, because they're, they're standing basically around the hole. There's a big metal, like, frame just around the the hole in the ground yeah. that the feet are in sometimes they fall in uh and you can't laugh at your buddies when they fall in the hole yeah that kind of stuff so like uh hot girls like i did a redskins <laughs> i did a redskins game um <laughs> with my buddies and we got to pick we picked each other to be on the color team which was the older you got the more you got to influence your own jobs and so we did a redskins game which is really cool and screw the Redskins. I didn't like the Redskins, Go but Cowboys. it was really cool. Um, be, the first thing, so I'm a do everything once person. Um, so I'm out on the Redskins field. There's nobody around. I'm in ceremonials, which is basically blues, but with their silver piping down the sides. And I got these triple soles on, which are like they like three soles of the bottom part. You know, the soles of your shoes plus taps. Because you march in them so long, they just wear out. I hate taps. Yeah, and they're not fun. But so I'm like, I'm dunking on that touchdown pole. <laughs> and you know, I'm tall, so I could I could probably do it. You know, I've never tried it before. So I'm just like looking around. And my buddies were talking, so I'm like, I'm fucking going. So I ran from like the 50 in ceremonial. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm just like, I'm like, uh, it's like Rocket Ishmael. I think was the guy in the Cowboys who used to do that. Uh, and I just run and I'm just like, Bruh, and I dunk on it. And then my buddies turn around and they're like, oh, I want to try. And as soon as I get done, the manager or somebody comes out and it's like, hey, get off. You can't do that. You know, I'm like, well, I already did. So I mean, I'm <laughs> box checked. So, but my buddies didn't get to do it. So, but we, we did a color team on, you know, right at the beginning. And there's a, a girl from the Air Force band there. She's singing the national anthem. And because, you know, the NFL does like spectacle, they, to have all the cheerleaders run out and it was like the most wonderful thing i've ever smelled in my entire life is <laughs> like 50 I was not expecting that 50 cheerleaders <laughs> you know and i got in trouble for telling this story to my students a couple times uh, the officer students not the enlisted students but so it was the most wonderful thing i've ever smelled there's like 50 cheerleaders that run by and it's like 
you know, perfume, hairspray, and sex. That's like the smell like combination, if you could just imagine it. And all I'm thinking to myself is don't look. 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 Because I didn't want to be that guy with the picture. Because I knew there and, – and there was. And I have a really good picture of us from that. And none of us were looking, which I was very thankful for. I knew there was a photographer, like, right out of my eyesight, shooting right into my face. And – uh, so I'm just like that's the most amount of self-control I've ever had to execute right there. Just like, mm, mm, uh, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, so they so the rubber chicken works. The rubber chicken <laughs> works, yeah. So yeah, so they divide us into three categories based on size, and it's uh, a legitimate form of discrimination. The honor guard's like one of the only squadrons in the world that can legally discriminate against who's in the squadron, and um, you're basically models in a uniform. You have to be big. And you have to not be able. You have to not have to wear glasses. So you can wear contacts, but you can't wear glasses. You know, you can't be on a shaving waiver. Uh, you can't be fat. So uh, there's a bunch of just giant dudes. You have specific like, waist measurements, don't you? That you um, have to meet. They. It's an appearance thing versus a measurement thing. Mm. So because the body barriers were so giant, like they're they're just so thick, they couldn't do like a discriminatory. Like you can't have a thirty whatever inch waist because that's half of their guys. So yeah. it was more like a, the commander and the chief and those guys can just walk around and be like, you're looking kind of fat. Maybe we need to put you on a fat boy program and uh, t- take you off ceremonies until you can you know, slim down and better represent the United States Air Force. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. So body bearer or colors guys are tall. So I'm a colors guy who carried the flags and the color teams. The body bearers are thick. So they're big and strong. So – like, you know, 5'10 and, like, 250, just, like, brick solid dudes. Uh, and then squares. And then the leftovers are the firing party guys. So the guys who are neither tall nor nor big. And uh, nobody <laughs> nobody's going to hear that. But I told this to their face before, so they know that's how I feel. <laughs> but the people who are neither tall nor thick are on <laughs> the firing party which does the, you know, the firing three volleys at the end of the Yeah, the 21 guns salute. Yeah. So, um, so that's how they divide you. And that's basically your goal <laughs> in the honor guard was to get to do those jobs so much that you never had to march in flight ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're good at that, nobody would schedule you to be in the formation. And if you're bad at that, you would always be in the formation and never be on the color team, never be on the body bearer team. You'd just be doing flight all the time. Um, so, so yeah, so we did primary funerals, we did, uh, DV visits, we did change of commands, retirements, um, and these were all in the all in DC, DC area, yeah, the national capital region. Um, and for me, the, the fire party and the bearers, like you can't carry caskets, not at a funeral. You can't fire firing the three volleys outside of a funeral. So like they were in Arlington all the time. The colors guys got to get out and do cool stuff. So that was the dream. We didn't have to do the same thing every day. So we didn't hate our life. Those guys like training and doing was the same thing every single day. So they, they hated it, but some, most of them hated it. Not all of them, but so, you know, one day I'd be doing four funerals. One day I'd be doing, an Air Force promotion ceremony for somebody getting a star. Um, then, like, the next day it would be joint service color team and be going. People do weird places for joint service color team. I did a Boy Scout jamboree one time. I did a, like, 
like hotel stuff, some random lunch that some, you know, and the weird thing is, is like we do all these, a lot of these ceremonies at hotels and color teams and stuff. And it's like um, the, uh, the sec def shows up as the guest speaker. And that's, that's why it. there's a color team. I'm like, what the hell? It's like some kind of weird organization you never heard of. And then the sec def the guest speaker. You're like, all right, whatever. It tells me there's some pretty important <laughs> people in that room. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the fun thing about that was the, um, the hotels, like if a civilian organization was running it, like the food was good. Yeah. The catering food was good. If a military organization were running it, the catering was garbage. And <laughs> uh, like Hilton had some great cookies. Here's your MREs. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Like, uh, if you guys need water or anything, you know, go fuck yourself. So, uh, you know, um, whatever. So, but the hotels like, and same thing with sports. Okay. So, uh NFL, very generous, right? Yep. They love the military. So we got to sit in the grass and watch the football game. So I did like four Ravens games for the joint ceremonies and then like the Redskins game. And we got to sit in the grass, nice. which is cool for about 10 minutes. And then like you can't see anything because the cheerleaders are in the way. And then, you know, you you can only watch the cheerleaders for like – a little while before you're like, okay, what's going on with the game, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I came here to watch a football game. So I'm sitting in the grass <laughs> watching the football game that I'm sitting in the grass for on the Jumbotron because the fucking cheerleaders are in the way. So like <laughs> <laughs> The irony. <laughs> so I was like, like, what kind of a man have I become that <laughs> so it's like, can you guys move for a minute? Like, <laughs> It was nice but, for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but the NFL is really nice. So like the baseball like baseball gave us like seats like halfway up uh, and then nba was like you guys could there's some seats way up there <laughs> in the closet like behind the rows of seats in the nosebleed like there's a free closet back there you, you guys, guys just go home <laughs> I'm like man i only did two nba games but uh we got bored of sitting in the because the wizards are garbage right so we 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 got bored of sitting there watching the wizards play somebody like the clippers or something and we leave and i walk down the hallway and dominique wilkins is in the hallway i'm like dominique wilkins um so i'm freaking out and i go talk to him and he's awesome and then i go to work the next day and i'm like hey guys i met dominique wilkins everybody's like who's dominique wilkins i'm like man you guys suck yeah (laughs) i would have said fuck you fuck you Man, Tony Wilkins, man. Um, So that was cool. Uh, But, yeah, I got to do some cool shit. So I have a list of all the cool shit that I got to do. That's one of of the things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, So what led you from there to here? (laughs) Oh, shit. So let me see. All right. Where did I go wrong? (laughs) Because, you know, because we are old, right? So I came in in 2004 before virtual MPF was like invented and actually like while I was in basic, I think they put it up and that was the way the air force was run six months prior to that. If virtual MPF is virtual like MPF, our, our yeah. admin yeah. office. Yeah, so computer but it's automated personnel thing. Everything is automated. You click buttons and your whole life changes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. So, sometimes. <laughs> so, um, when I got to the Honor Guard, the the way that Honor Guard Airmen got a new job was your chief walked down the street to the Pentagon, talked to one of the functionals at the Pentagon, and had a chief conversation, walked out, you're going to tech school, bro. Like, hands done, and we're good. Yeah. It's out under the table, like, we're going to sneak you in there. So then... 
you know, I was there for, I think, three years before the retraining. We started trying to retrain us. The For like three years, they put us in the same bucket as everybody else in the planet. And we had to retrain. We cannot stay in the Air Force Honor Guard for our whole career. Like, so we were, should not have been with the whole entire Air Force in the same bucket as all the people who hate their job. Yeah, you should have been uh, at the top of the list, right? Yeah. So for the first year, all that the Air Force was offering was bus driver and – Come on, man. Transportation. Trans. <laughs> and, yeah, so bus driver guy and supply, right? So two of the guys picked supply, and they got to go straight straight to their next base without any uh, tech school. They just did on-the-job on training. Yeah. That's how sucky your job is. You don't even need to go to tech school. <laughs> the funniest part was, like, five of the guys who couldn't take being in the honor guard anymore decided to go be a bus driver. And they go to tech school, and they come right back to bowling and drive our buses. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, shit. Starting over. You guys just reset your clock back to zero, and you're going to be here the next four years driving us to all the same shit you just retrained to avoid. <laughs> what the so fuck? So every day we got on the bus, we're like, hey, how's your life? <laughs> how's life going, asshole? Oh, that was a great life decision you made. Uh, so there was like three or four guys that did that. So I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I skipped. <laughs> so I skipped that year. Uh, the second year, I was like, oh, I'll see what's going on. Uh, paralegal came up. Public affairs was up there, so I tried to do that, and I didn't get picked up for that. And then uh, I cannot see you would be the worst as public the affairs. face <laughs> of public affairs. <laughs> yeah, probably would have gotten fired from that. But you'd be like, hey, general, that's stupid. At least, at least <laughs> and in today's news, the black eye of the air force. <laughs> <laughs> at least I didn't do paralegal, right? Uh, uh, probably give some airmen the bad. Hey, you go tell that captain. He can't do that <laughs> shit. All right? uh, it's not illegal or that's not legal. Um, so I skipped that one. And that year it was like, um, what was going on? Medical admin. So like 30 people left the honor guard to do medical admin and which is like checking people in for appointments and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing that for the next 20 <laughs> years. Uh, so we skipped that year. All right. So, uh, then the, between that year and the next year, which is my last year in the honor guard, they came up with a, a quota thing, and they were going to shave quotas from all of the all of the AFSCs and and not publish them and just feed them to the honor guard. So, if they had thirty openings, they would advertise twenty nine openings and give one to the honor guard. And so, like uh, that year, it was all Intel, and it was one on ones. Uh, That's imagery guys. Yeah, imagery guys and one of those all source guys so i read the i'm like okay they read this stuff intel sounds cool i'm I like, gonna be a spy i like knowing things right yes. i'm a smart guy i know things i'm condescending so um i read the description and it's basically all i like of all the words i hear James like bond <laughs> no, that's how they got me no no <laughs> i i heard uh read things and brief people that's like your whole job which is basically my whole job in the honor guard is like we ended up doing that actually one of the cool stories I have, I did a, the last thing I did in the honor guard, I did a, a wreath laying ceremony and the only three people that showed up, the chief of staff, the secretary of the air force and the chief master of the air force. Oh, shit. So I talked to these three guys, uh, by myself. I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to, this is what we're going to do in the ceremony. This is, you know, you're going to come up, take the wreath, bam. And the end, like, so when did I you get a beer with them afterwards, <laughs> no. ah, come on, man. The fun part was <laughs> the secretary of the air force at the time, uh, like, so the chief of staff and the chief, they show up in like their OSI Suburbans and the secretary of the Air Force shows up in like 
his mom's minivan. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing with your life, man? That <laughs> this is what you're trying. <laughs> but that was a joke. He's every saving time we, money. Every bro. time we went to the Pentagon, he's on that Dave Ramsey. <laughs> that's right. Every time you went to the Pentagon, we go to the back parking lot, which regular people aren't allowed to go to, and you see just a bunch of shitty cars. You're like, what? What are these guys doing? And, and then they're like, no, no, no. Their wives have the nice car, so they drive their mom's minivan to school because, like, their mom's, <laughs> their wife's got the you know Mercedes, the Maserati, the kind of like whatever she's got. It's like, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. you don't uh, you don't need a car. You're going to work all day. He he's in one of the highest positions in the country. Yeah, but he's four divorces in. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I heard uh, read people things and brief stuff. So I'm like, yeah, all right, know the things and brief things. I got people skills. I could do that. So I got a slot to come to be a want to know. And then right after that, I guess they didn't like that. So they changed it to basically what the Navy does, which is the day you get, you like you graduate from the honor guard tech school, they give you like the book again and you pick like your top four jobs or whatever. And as soon as one of those comes open, you just leave like at the three year mark, you're gone and you go to one of those tech schools. So they let you pick all over again, so it's a much better system now than they finally figured out how to do that. So that's how I got the intel from that. So, so, so you had some choice. In it. I had all. I had a hundred percent. I was. I had a hundred percent choice. I had not yeah. met anybody that was want to know. I had no. Well, because by the, by the time you got selected, you were already at six years, right? Yeah. Which is yeah, and was, they start the process at three. So how long yeah. could you have gone before? They're so like, what I was you know told, what, you're going to this job. What I was told was when your enlistment's up, you have to either separate or you have to be going to tech school. So that's what I was afraid of. But then when I went to tech school, you know, two or three of the guy, three of the guys that I had been there for that long with stayed another year or two. Yeah. Like one of the guys stayed there for like seven years because he couldn't get a job he wanted. He ended up coming to be one know also. And then another guy like stayed there for seven years because they forgot he existed because he went over <laughs> to be a Pentagon tour guide and like disappeared and <laughs> nobody knew he was over there because they just forgot he was a, a person. <laughs> so he came back against his will because he was life Trust over me, there. you're very important. <laughs> life over there was great. So he came back and it took him a while and he was trying to go to OTS and like he was a separate thing and then. Another guy stayed there for a while because he kept failing out of tech schools and that sounds purposefully done and getting DUIs like oh, it, so <laughs> oh shit <laughs> probably also purposefully done you know whatever so um, but yeah that so that's how I came into Intel uh, and then you know and now life sucks <laughs> no I'm just kidding well you know to be fair uh, the best part of the honor guard was the instant gratification of my job. So the yeah. worst part about Intel is that you never have any idea of how your stuff is impacting anything. R rarely. Yeah. Uh, you do get it sometimes, yeah. it, but it's it's rare. Mm -hmm. um, and then you you can push it out there and publish stuff, but yeah, nobody knows and no, or nobody will tell you, hey, yeah. good job. Hey, I definitely use this, and this was a big help. It's, yeah. it's, it's a my rare first, thing. <laughs> my first time briefing the wing commander at Shaw – uh, I was like, hey, this is some important shit I wanted to tell you guys about. And they're like, yeah, cool, thanks, man. What's the weather like? I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, pilot, yeah. asshole. Like, I'm like, it's cool. I just spent all week on this, man. No big deal. Yeah, it just diminished everything yeah. that you worked on. Yeah. Pilots don't care. Um, so you had a 
you had this uh, picture on your computer at work, and it was of oh my state the, dinner of uh, President, President uh, Bush. George W. Bush. Yeah, that's one of the cool stories I want to tell you about. And you were in the picture. Yeah, I was in the picture because I was there. Yeah. So one of the cool <laughs> like, things. I wish we could just drive down the road, and be like, "Hey, remember me? <laughs> What's up, bro?" So I'm gonna try that actually. So oh, I'm, I'm gonna send. <laughs> so check this out. My my plan. Security you know, has just been heightened. <laughs> no, check this out. No. Um, I'm going to send that picture to President Bush and ask him to sign it for me and so I can put it in a frame for my retirement. So I'm That do, would be bad. I'm going to do the same thing for President Obama because I was at his inauguration. I got a really cool picture. Walking no shit. Him. So I want to send him that picture and be like, hey, can you sign this? I'm about to retire so I can, you know, because they got to get a letter that says, like, you know, yeah. congratulations on your retirement anyway. So I was, I was going to try it. The worst I could say is no. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm, this is me right there, the Air Force guy. Right yeah. Is that really tall? <laughs> yeah. So Put your one of those skills to work, man. Yeah. Put arrows yeah, and everything. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, you know, we'll try it. We'll try it out. So, yeah. So I, uh, one of the cool things that we, the colors guys, used to make fun of the body bears for is we got to go to the White House a lot. And once, probably at the time that I did it, probably once a year they were doing state dinners, which is the epitome of the coolest color team you can do, which is a one-man Air Force position because it's a joint color team that they alternate because it's a four-person color team. So there's the Army guy, the Marine guy, the um, Navy guy, and then they alternate between the Coastie and the Air Force guy who does the fourth spot. So if the president does two a year – one of those a year has the Air Force guy in it. So it's very rare that we get to do these things as colors guy. But since I was the old guy and I was awesome at my job, I'm like, hey, there's a state dinner coming up, and I'm doing that, and you guys can kiss my ass. So, <laughs> uh, And that worked. So I uh, I got to do a state dinner for the president of uh, – where was it? Ghana. The president of Ghana come to visit President Bush. And all a state dinner color team is, is we go upstairs to the president's private residence and we go into his office where him and all of his cabinet are just hanging out up there. And there's a captain that works protocol for the, uh, for the white house. And does he know what he's doing? He kind of knows a little bit. (laughs) Well, all he's doing is going to ask the president for his flags. That's all we're doing. Right. And protocol is the people that set the whole Thing up and yeah, they're the guys that know all the rules about you know who's the party planner who and whose plate's bigger than whose and what goes first in the meal and whose flag comes before whose flag and the honor guard people know more than they do because <laughs> yeah. we do this every day and they don't so um, there's a little captain is a little marine captain and they have these really cool like yellow giant augulets that they wear this ropes that they have on their uniform that distinguishes them as the protocol guys so the f- the whole thing takes about five minutes, but because it's at the White House, we got to get there like four hours early. Yep. So, um, so we go and we're in uniform and we're just chilling out in the White House in one of the random rooms. And I like sign the book that's like the official visitor book that like the president of Ghana is going to sign. I'm like, I'm fucking signing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we could walk down the hall that we get to walk around the White House unescorted. Um, 
which is really weird. And so you can just go wherever the hell you want. Just walking down the hallway, right? Are so any of the rooms guarded? Like besides the president's suite? The Oval suite Office is guarded. Like, yeah. And the other stuff is just offices. So like if you just walk in, nobody's going to know. I'm sure well, there's cameras and stuff. I'm sure somebody would tell me not to walk yeah. in there, but we can walk up and down the hallway all we want. And up and down the hallway of the White House are family pictures from all the presidents just doing family shit like going to Mount Rushmore, swimming at a pool, like – just taking pictures in front of their car. There's just all kinds of family pictures just all in the hallway of the White House. From the current president? From all or? of the presidents, oh. for all of history. So do they weird. have like a wall? Like this, just, is the this, the wall. Whole, this is the Obama wall? This is No, it's just random pictures of just like like your mom's house has pictures of you doing random <laughs> like And there's the Kennedys with that. And there's like Eisenhower with his kids going to the lake. And they're just like, you know, it's weird. Like that, that is kind of weird. It's, it's right. neat and weird. Uh, I was walking down the hallway looking at pictures and uh, – like the presidential dog walking biatch was taking the dogs to go walk. So I got to play with the president's <laughs> dogs for well, the man with no filter. While his little, <laughs> his little gopher was walking the dogs. Like they open the door and the dogs come running in. There's these little, like, I don't know, baby dogs, not real sized dogs. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like so what are real ground, size groundhog size, right? Real dogs are like German shepherds, Rottweilers, you know, anything you can't fit in your purse, right? That's <laughs> a real dog. So, I play with the president's dogs. Like, you know, I'm sure I probably took a dump in the White House somewhere (laughs) (laughs) in a bathroom, not just randomly somewhere in the hallway. Um, So we're waiting. So so we get to the the dinner time stuff, and there's a whole group of these, the guys I make fun of, the fire party guys, outside doing a cordon (laughs) to the door. So they're, like, outside for, like, four hours doing nothing. Yeah. I'm in here fucking walking around the White House looking at stuff, like chilling Taking out. Taking shits in places. <laughs> sleeping, you know. And this is pre-smartphone, so, you know, I didn't have a smartphone to, like, no Twitter things. Fuck. So I'm just, like, keeping myself occupied, right, wandering around the White House by myself. So get to the ceremony part, and everybody's getting ready for dinner. And so we get dressed, and we don't have any equipment because the flags are all in the president's office. So we don't have rifles because we're in the president's office. They don't want us to have, like – our fake rifles so we can fake kill the president. Um, <laughs> even if you wanted to like, you know how many sirens you just set off right now? <laughs> <laughs> even if you wanted to like hit the president with this fake rifle that can't shoot things, like there's like 18 people between you and him that would see you coming and tackle you to the ground. So like, anyway, that's, that's what a Yankee white clearance is. Ladies and gentlemen, is if you could stand next to the president without punching him in the face, that's what that clearance gives you permission to do. It's not classified, is it? No, it's just. <laughs> right. Yank, it's, I don't know. It's on. It's on my record. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's, on, it's on my record that said. It's Yankee on my white. own class record. So, so. yeah. So uh, anyway, so we go upstairs to the second floor of the White House, which is exactly the same as the first floor of the White House, except only family can be up there. So like they actually live up there on the second floor, and so like there's an exact everything. There's the yellow room, I think, is what we went into. Is this little basically the Oval Office, but upstairs. Um, and we're standing in the hall for like 20 minutes and we're at, you know, parade rest and there's four of us and we're standing in the hallway and, you know, first of all, the president's dogs are still just roaming around because they fucking live there. And like, <laughs> like this is my hallway. Um, you know, three feet away is uh, Condoleezza Rice, Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, Colin Powell, all just hanging out in the hallway because it's not time to start and they're not important. So, like, they're out here just, like, hanging out. When they're out, out there talking shit? <laughs> yeah, they're out there talking shit because <sighs> the president's out the, in the office with the president of Ghana waiting on, on president time until he's fucking ready to go. And 
and the guys are just out there like, okay, I guess we're just waiting for the president, and uh, fuck me, right? So, <laughs> um, so I'm here. I'm a f- like senior airman, and I'm here like the army guy and the marine. I'm here with the marine. Like, I'm like, all right. So uh, this is what's happening. This is cool. All right. So we stood. I stood there staring at like ten of the most powerful people on the planet. Like, yeah. Chilling out in the hallway, you know, whatever. <laughs> Did you do that awkward like? jump into the conversation just start laughing no no because no, i'm at parade rest it's just like uh, all right this is what happened. it's weird um so so yeah so the whole ceremony is basically the captain comes up we follow him in he salutes the pre- he gets like three feet from the president salutes the president sir you know we request permission to retrieve your colors right and the Army Sergeant and the Marine go and retrieve the colors. So the Army Sergeant gets the American flag. The Marine gets the uh, President flag. And our job is to just carry them down the hallway. And the President just follows us down the hallway and down the stairs. And and then we take pictures, and then that's it. But the coolest part about this is that the President's flags are the only flags like that. So you can get a presidential flag somewhere else, but his flag and the American flag in his office are made of, of uh, like ebony and they're just giant black tall flags. You got like a 10 pound golden eagle on top and the fringe of the flags are inlaid with like real gold, like real gold inlaid into the flag. They're like, for a colors troop, this is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'm just like yeah. touching this flag, and it's got like gold, and this is so beautiful. <laughs> um, and it's heavy as shit. So the civilian protocol guy, all the guidance he gave us was don't don't hit the paintings. And we're like, yeah, all right, don't hit the paintings. We didn't know what he meant by that until we walked down the hallway with these 10-pound flags, and we're walking down the stairs, and all the presidential portraits are in this staircase. The presidential portraits that there are one of, and they exist in that hallway of the White House. And we're taking these giant spears with 10-pound golden eagles on top down the stairs, which is really hard to do without kicking it or poking it or something. Yeah. Because you're, like, hitting it on the stairs. Um, And, again, we've all been in for, like, a year and a half, and that's, you know, a very – important thing to trust these dumbasses with <laughs> while we're walking down the hallway with these 10 pound golden eagles on top. So we got these giant javelin spears and we're walking down the hallway. And the only thing those two, I don't have a flag. I'm just following these guys. So the only thing those two guys <laughs> no are thinking pressure is like, on you. <laughs> is like, don't stab the thing. Cause apparently a Marine had, had broken like Nixon's painting, but they were okay with it. Cause everybody hates Nixon. So they're like, well, <laughs> it's like, so like, don't hit the flags because the Marine like hit Nixon's flag and we were very pissed off for like five minutes and then we threw that shit away. So, because um, <laughs> whatever, right? So, uh, and again, I walk down this hallway and I'm looking, I'm, we're walking down the staircase and I'm looking at all these paintings. These are the legit portraits of the presidents with that cool like Kennedy pose. Like he's like leaning on too cool pose that he's got. Like, Fuck yeah. All of these things in this hallway and we get down to the bottom of the hallway and I'm not allowed to look around, right? We talked about that before. And as soon as we get down to the bottom of the hallway, they start taking pictures. And I'm like, "Like, are the president is the president here already? Like, did he follow us? Because I can't see. I'm just like standing. I'm staring at the wall. And the president's like, I mean, looking at the picture, he's between us. But yeah. I didn't see him come. So I just see like the wall, and I hear a bunch of pictures taken. And I'm like, 
what's going on, guys? So that sucks, man. Because um, I mean, it's cool to be in that position, but it sucks because this is like a once in a lifetime yeah. deal. It's like, yeah. So I like, didn't come get here, to Mr. See, President. Give me a bro hug. So I got to see. I walked into the president's office, and I'm six feet from him. You know, like that's I saw him, but when we walked down the stairs, I didn't see him come behind us. I just assumed he did because everybody's taking pictures. And they were like, "Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States." And it was like, and the ruffles and flourishes, and the music comes on, and and then we leave. The end, right? And yeah. we're like, okay, that was the end. Okay, bye. You didn't even get to stay for dinner? Uh-uh. So, uh, f- like three or four years before I did it, the, the color team used to stay for dinner. And Somebody got drunk, and didn't by, they? And by stay for dinner, I mean stand there at attention for oh, the whole fuck dinner. Oh, that. So, um, they stopped doing that, which is great, but um, we didn't get to do that. So I'd be like, but give me some of that chicken. <laughs> I got a really cool picture of me standing right next to President Bush and yeah. President of Ghana and, and like, like color team stuff. So that's like, that's one of my cool stories that I wanted to tell yeah, you. Yeah, that's like a once in a lifetime deal, man. I have lots of once in that, a lifetime things. That like uh, that part of the White House is that restricted to? Yeah, the upstairs part. Yeah. Yeah. Regular people can't go up there. Oh yeah, you said that. Mm-hmm. I need to pay. Yeah. yeah. Was the staircase like curved or was yeah, it just a straight? Yeah, it was stair- curved. So it's really it's really hard because, you know, we're me and the Marine we're six five. So like that's yeah. still like stop breaking a bunch of extra, <laughs> it's a bunch of extra stick space that we are my five eight frame is yeah. getting pissed off right now. <laughs> so that's like the most common thing colors troops do is uh, they call it piking because the point of it the flag is called a pike. Uh, most common thing to pike is the doorway. So you're walking out the door, you just stick your thing just whoop, right in the in the top of the doorway poke a hole right there yeah. so every hotel you go to we always look for those holes like you're like got it there's a hole up there somebody already did that so yeah. if you're not yep, watching your Steve pike, right there if you're not watching <laughs> your pike you're gonna poke a hole in a wall which reminds me of another fun story of i almost stabbed john Kerry in the face with the <laughs> pike of my air force flag okay hold on hold on on purpose or <laughs> no, on accident on accident All it was 100 percent right. on accident uh, I bear no ill will to John Kerry, <laughs> even though he gives Catholics a bad name um, and Catholic <laughs> politicians a bad name. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew <laughs> so, Williams. <laughs> uh, but I do respect his wife because I am a very like thorough consumer of ketchup. So she owns all the ketchup things. Oh, Heinz, she's Teresa Heinz Kerry, and she owns all Heinz ketchup things. So, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, you Sorry, know things we ran like out of that. ketchup. Stop being mad. <laughs> yeah. Get over oh, it. Was that a dig <laughs> at us? I like ketchup on my burgers. All right. No. Okay. So. <laughs> we had a cookout and we ran out of ketchup. It's okay. It's okay. Son of a Blame it on Holly. All right. So skip like, you know, I was in the honor guard for 2004, 2010. So President Obama got elected and we did his inauguration January 2009. And, you know, I had been the senior colors troop. I, I was the senior college troop for three years. So everything I wanted, I got because, A, I was a senior guy, but, B, I was really good at my job. So I was also the head trainer. So I was really good at my job. I was, like, the guy. Um, and so me and my friend uh, Langston, we actually got picked to do as me, my friend Langston, and my friend Cowell, and we got to do all the presidential stuff. And so I got to do the swearing-in and the inauguration parade Langston got to stand at the, uh, the, the like review stand. He got to stand there for like eight hours at Yikes. attention, which was loads of fun for him. He got an achievement medal for that, 
which I always That's tell him, which I always tell him was like half mine because I did the other half of the ceremony. And my friend Cowell got to do the night before, where President Obama like invited every celebrity ever to like the biggest party ever, and they had this giant concert. So my friend Cowell got to meet. First, he got to take a picture with the president the day before he became the president, um, and then he got to meet all these celebrities and stuff. And I was like, man. So I got to do the ceremonial shit. So <laughs> we do the swearing-in portion. So first of all, we're up at like 2 o'clock in the morning to get to the Pentagon to get swept by the Pentagon people by 4 to get to the White House by like 5 and just chill out there. And it's fucking January, so it's cold. Um, and it's a joint service thing. And if all of you don't have it, none of you have it. So the Marines, because they're Marines, they don't have cold weather gear because they're fucking Marines. So <laughs> – we have white gloves, and it's like 12 degrees outside. So this will come in handy later when I almost lose my pinky because of my frostbite. So um, so we're going to do the swearing in portion, which we had pra- I had practiced for three times in the past week, which is really not that complicated. Just stand there for you know a ceremony, right? So um, we're actually in the landing below the podium where the president speaks – for the inauguration where I'm landing right below him. So basically the top of my flag is about three feet below like his like waist. So the cool thing about that was every black celebrity was sitting right there. So I'm three feet away from Smokey Robinson, Denzel Washington chewing that like 20 year old piece of gum. He's been chewing in every movie. Uh, Puff daddy's over here. Beyonce's over there. Like just, celebrities right i got to meet muhammad ali who's like my idol shut the fuck um, up like all of that and it was like i this ceremony takes as long as it takes the president to speak so the whole time he's speaking you know we do the presentation of the colors we do the national anthem and then we just sit there and we're just standing there and i'm just like eyeball on all these celebrities i mean oprah's out there i'm just like looking i'm like holy shit that's oprah and then fucking denzel's right there. i'm just like mm-hmm. it's like Checking people out because I don't have anything else to do. I'm just listening to <laughs> President Obama speak. Damn. So that that ends. You make it sound like nothing. I'm just listening to President Obama. <laughs> you, you know, no big deal, right? He's just yeah. making history. No big deal. So <laughs> he's done with his speech. We leave to go get ready for the uh, the parade, which immediately follows that, right? And so we're leaving. We're going back into the Capitol. And uh, we get stopped on the way by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. You know, no big deal. Yeah. You know? So I didn't see him because he, at the time, Admiral Mullen, he was like kind of old and like shrunk over. And he's wearing these giant winter clothes because it's fucking cold outside. So I just thought he was a regular dude just standing there. And he stops us. I'm like, holy shit, that's, <laughs> that's Admiral Mullen. That's the chairman, <laughs> the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. You know, no big deal. <laughs> the Navy, they have cold weather <laughs> yeah, gear. Yeah, they have cold weather gear. So he had his cold weather gear. So he stops us, tells us, like, you know, how proud he is of us and stuff, and gives us his coin. I'm like, cool. Ah, that's get, badass. We get coin by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. So we're continuing into the Capitol. I have my giant Air Force flag with, like, all 107 of the ribbons. So it's, like, heavy. I'm half dead because I've been up since 2 o'clock in the morning. And it's fucking cold outside. And I just got coined by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. So I'm walking up the stairs. And, you know, it's one of those stairways where, like, the hallway runs up the stairs. So we can, like, I can go up the stairs into the hallway. And the hallway can go up the the next landing, right? And carrying my flag, putting my coin in my pocket, talking to the Navy guy. I turn around. And John Kerry's face is, like, three inches from the spiky part of my flag. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just reacted like, like, and 
because, you know, John Kerry is the kind of person he is, he completely didn't notice that I was standing there and <laughs> didn't notice that three so, inches from his eyeball, like this giant metal spike was just heading right for just to poke his eyeball out. He had no idea. He had no idea I was there. And, you know, to be fair, and I tell my students this all the time, like it would have been pretty cool every time you see John Kerry on TV with a patch on his eye to be like, <laughs> yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I was that guy. Uh, oh, shit. To the point where I actually – You I, were three inches from three fucking inches from fame. Infamy, right? <laughs> no, I actually asked my, my DO at the time the uh, – uh, he was a major, and he was a pretty awesome dude. And I was like, hey, uh, hypothetically, you know, what happens if you accidentally stab a senator in the face with your flag? <laughs> Can you get punched for that? <laughs> that you a, disappear, is man. That a, is that a thing? Like, it's the, there were no Epstein things at that time, so it wasn't oh, like – <laughs> <wasn't> like, <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't Epstein myself, but like, is that a thing? Uh, and he's like, well, I'm glad you didn't. And I wouldn't want to be on the, like receiving end of that phone call. I'm like, yeah, it's probably, it's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we go, so we go, we get ready. We change a little bit because I'm no longer carrying the flag. I'm going to carry a rifle and they squished the color team. They got rid of a couple of people because there were a couple extra Marines in there, a couple extra army dudes holding like the president's flag and a couple other things. And so we shrunk down to like a five-man color team, and I was holding the rifle. And on my – with my right uh, – yeah, I was on the right. And so we get out there, and we like pretty much immediately went out to go outside, and we stand in the parade. And we're at the very front. We're in front of the president. Um, he's, we're going to pass him, salute him, and he's going to jump in behind us and walk. And we're going to march down the mile-long whatever street. So we're standing there. We get out there. We're out there for like an hour uh, before somebody tells us that we got delayed because Ted Kennedy had a heart attack while we were out there waiting to start the parade. No shit. So they had to escort. Like they had to get the hospital to come and like take him away and all that stuff because, you know, he died like a couple months later. Um, and so we're out there. It's probably 9 o'clock in the morning and it's fucking cold. And we got our white gloves on because the Marines don't have – Black gloves, and uh, pretty sure my pinky almost fell off because it just stopped having feeling in it, and like it's cold, and we're standing at attention, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> we, had, we had this command sergeant major that was in charge of the old guard come and like stand next to us when we were marching, and he was like, "Yeah, this is what happened, and uh, you guys could chill out for a minute because it's going to be a while." I'm like, "All right, cool." So we get started, and we. The President Obama and President Bush are up on the steps with their – or actually, they were up together, and then President Bush and company left. So it was President Obama, Vice President Biden, and wives up there on the steps. We did like a little pass and review. They saluted us because we're the national flag, and then they jumped in behind us to walk down the street and wave at people. And, you know, we get to the end of the street, and then that's it. And my buddy started his job at nine o'clock in the morning and at there and he was standing there with the air force flag down at the uh review stand and he says it was hard and i always give him crap about that i'm like you know what i did all the work okay you just stood there and they fought for him to get an achievement medal i'm like come on man whatever damn so 
Yeah, but but cool. you got the experience, man. Yeah, and, and I got a dude, cool you star are, almost stabbed John Kerry in the face. You are a part of history, man. Yeah. Uh, you got all these great stories. I have great pictures, which is the best yes. part. Yes. Yeah, you got the pictures I have to pictures prove of it. that. Yeah. Pre cell phone, pre cell phone, cell phone, phone pre cell phone. You had to print it out. Huh? <laughs> you had a way of Walgreens to print it out. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I have a couple of those that I printed out, and that was pretty cool. You remind me of like Forrest Gump, bro. <laughs> like you're, present at random moments in history. Yeah, he yeah he was president in not president present in all these moments in history that are like big events. Yeah, but nobody really knows who he is. Yeah, that's right. Next step is getting rich. Yeah, gotta do that. <laughs> I don't know how to do that yet. So <laughs> I always I always like telling people because you know sometimes people ask me how I got to be this way and I'm like well. So, what do you mean, old and like grumpy, bitter, crusty? Bitter about <laughs> the Air Force. I'm like, well, so the Air Force Honor Guard set me up very much for success and failure at the same time. Yeah. Because they taught me that – the first thing they taught me was that perfection is the standard and not the goal. So yeah. the, the Honor Guard, because we do four funerals a day, but that family buries their person that once ever. So yeah. they don't get a do-over. So you have to be perfect every time you do a ceremony – Otherwise, you're basically fucking up somebody's funeral, and that's that's bad. So, so we would get very like yelled at for any kind of like that was not good, and you guys messed up this person's funeral. And any kind of hiccup, and that like instilled in me that sense of like perfection is the standard. Also, we have extremely high military um, uniform standards. We have like discipline, bearing stuff. So anytime, like I can't get rid of that. Um, so like half of your time is spent on your <laughs> uniform, right? Yeah. So like, I can't not say something when people are being lazy assholes. So <laughs> like, I just can't, I can't not say something because that's just the kind of stuff that they've like dug into me, but they set me up for failure because I assumed the rest of the air force was like that. <laughs> okay. So when I got to tech school here at Goodfellow, I, uh, the first thing I was was swam, swarmed by a bunch of black ropes, the little baby airmen that are going to be their little, excuse me, ceremony guys. And they're like, how do you get your uniform to look so nice? And you know, we, we want to be like you. And uh, Can you help us? Uh, and I ended up helping them, and they won their drill competition because the commander was like, hey, can you help them? I'm like, yeah, all right. Uh, I got skills and stuff, you know, <laughs> so – I help them with their regular drill, regulation drill, because when they do their, like, performance drill, it's like line dancing, and that shit's stupid. So <laughs> I don't like helping them with that. But it's like, you give me the drill card, which I can me- do in my sleep. Like, I can do that, and I can help them with that. Like, yeah, you were late. You were late. You looked at, you know, whatever. I could do that. I could fix that. And I can't not be good at that. Even though I haven't been in the honor guard for ten years, like I could still do that in my sleep, and it's just muscle memory. I at could this still point. do all of the ceremonies that I did in the honor guard today. If in my brain, I could do all of them ten years later, and I haven't done them since. Like, but the uh, other thing they set me up for failure with was expectations. So, like, uh, let me tell you about my first TDY. Okay, TDY my, my being first TDY, my temporary duty, my travel to other places. I got to go to San Antonio. Okay, so first of all, great San Antonio. I lived in San Antonio for five years when I was a kid because my dad was a tech school instructor down there, and uh, I love San Antonio. And it's like it's one of my two places that I like to call home. And so, 
my first TDY there for the military was like, it was a very like symbolic thing. And I went with a joint service color team. So I had three army, two Marines, uh, one Navy, one coast dude come with me. And we took a C-130 from D.C. to San Antonio. It's one of the cargo planes. not pleasant. Uh, it's like an aluminum can with propellers. <laughs> and it's like 100 years old. It's the second oldest plane that we fly. And so that wasn't pleasant. But that was like the only time I've ever flown in a C-130 in my whole career. And I'm thankful for that. So, But we also flew with the Army Band. And so um, all of the services have a national band in D.C., they all come in as E6s, uh, which is like almost all the way promoted to the top. And the reason they do that is not because, you know, preferential treatment or whatever. Everybody hates that they get promoted, but because all of these dudes have masters and doctorates in their, you know, in their instrument, and they wouldn't take a job for shitty airman pay. So that's why they come in at E6s, because you can't convince people <coughs> of any caliber to take a job for shitty airman pay when they have doctorate doctorate and flute loans they got to pay off you know <laughs> and uh, remind me to talk to you about the band later because the band's their whole little thing so this we went with the army band but this is the army basically the army's little like rock band that they have yeah. and um and we go down and it's a three-day trip to open the center for the intrepid which is at fort sam houston and it's a big giant physical therapy mecca uh for rehab for injured people and this is the first time I got to see, like, people who've been blown up and hurt a lot in the military. So we're at this hotel, and there's all these people come, and thousands of wounded warriors come to this thing. And it's, like, it's kind of scary and intimidating to walk around there when I – my whole job is to look pretty. Yeah. And these guys are getting blown up, and they're, like – They had to get shit. out of the military because yeah. they got blown up, right? So this this place has all the bells and whistles that any physical therapy, like – the coolest shit that you could ever think of. So we're our job is just to do the – we're there for three days, and we have to do one ceremony where we stand there for the national anthem, and that's it. It's like the coolest TY ever. So the first night we're there, we get invited to a uh, a um, like a mixer, which having just turned 21, I didn't know what a mixer was. And so I thought it was just like us and the, the, like the company people, like the people who worked at the Center for the Trip. Yeah. Turns out every celebrity and politician who went there was at that mixer. Um, High profile. And I was like, uh, and we're all in civilian clothes, which when young, dumb airmen bring civilian clothes, it's like je- jeans <laughs> and a polo shirt, right? Like that, was, that was my church clothes, right? So <laughs> like this is as nice as I get. Like I don't know what you want from me. So uh, we're in there. We're all sitting- shit from the BX. <laughs> yeah, all shit from the BX. So we're sitting there at this table and uh, – uh, so it's open bar, which again I had never had before, and I was just like, "Hey, where do you put the money?" They're like, oh, "It's free." I was like, "What do you mean it's free? Like alcohol is free?" Like uh, the unfortunate thing that I had previously learned was that as a giant person, I have an extremely high alcohol tolerance, which is a really bad thing to teach a twenty-year-old person um, <laughs> that you could drink whatever you want and not get fucked up because <laughs> you're really big and genetics is on your side. Like cool. <laughs> so I learned that lesson the hard way several times. So. Um, anyway, so we're walking around, we're drinking and the army guys know, so I, like I said, I have a lot of children, so I don't watch TV a lot. So the army guys know who some of the people are that are there that I didn't know. Like we met Chuck Liddell, who was like the first UFC superstar 
and he's a big scary dude and so we like met him uh i got to go shake his hand and he was like eh, how you doing you know <laughs> Dale. i'm like holy shit you're yep not talking to you anymore like all right <laughs> bye uh <clears throat> we got to meet uh Rosie O'Donnell, which, you know, nobody likes Rosie O'Donnell, but it was cool because I had grown up watching Rosie O'Donnell on TV. So hey, was, she was a shit I thought it was in cool. uh, that baseball movie. Yeah, <laughs> A League of Their Own. Yes. Yeah. So I grew up watching Rosie O'Donnell, so I was like, I'm taking a picture. So I had a camera. Uh, for those of you that don't know what a camera is, it's a separate <laughs> device from your phone that takes pictures. <laughs> a digital camera. But I had a non-digital the... camera. Oh, shit. Right? It was the So the I didn't even ones? know. I didn't know what any of my pictures looked like. Okay, so that was the worst part of this TDY was yeah. I had people taking pictures for me. Um, so and some of them had thumbs in them, uh, which is you know picture etiquette one hundred and one. Don't put your fucking thumb over the thing. Yeah. So uh, I got a picture with Rose O'Donnell. Uh, I got the the music performance, which the stage was like a foot high and small enough for the two guys that came. We got to see Big and Rich and. I had not heard of Big and Rich until like a month before this TVY. So this is a pretty big deal. I was like, holy shit, I just heard them. I know who these people are. So I'm standing in front of the stage, which is basically like nipple height of Big and Rich while they're singing <laughs> three feet in front of me, the 8th of November and Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. And, you know, they're singing Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Everybody's singing along. They sing the 8th of November in a room full of disabled veterans. And everybody's like sober and like, holy shit, this is a sad song. It's one of my favorite songs. It's awesome. But. Uh, so that was cool. So I got to meet them. Um, walked over. The Surgeon General of the Army was walking around with his little coin guy. He had his little, like, major lieutenant colonel just carrying, like, a bag of coins. And he's walking around because he owns the Center for the Intrepid. So he's just, like, like throwing coins at people. <laughs> hey, how you doing, young man? Here's a coin for you. I'm like, all right, this is my first time getting coined by a three stars. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. I walked away that weekend with four coins. And pretty sweet so we met the dude that built the center of the intrepid the fisher family like the fisher houses that they have at every base the fisher family was there like they own they put money in the center for the intrepid so i got that guy's coin was pretty cool the coolest thing for me for the first part was um behind the surgeon general was john mellencamp and my whole life my dad had been listening to John Mellencamp. I love John Mellencamp at this point. And I'm like, holy shit, it's John Mellencamp. And holy shit, he's like five foot tall. <laughs> but his hair is like three feet tall. So, you know. <laughs> um, so John Mellencamp is getting all the attention. And this smoking hot. that is? I don't know who John Mellencamp is. He's a singer. <laughs> okay. He sings like, you know. I've heard the name. I just don't know I was born in a small is. town. And he sings Jack and Diane. And he you, sings. You can. He's. Just press. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have, lose it you know, <laughs> judge me. Good taste in music. So, you oh, know, okay. Know so, yeah. So, uh, John Malcolm's getting all the attention. So, I'm waiting patiently. And, like, uh, this smoking hot blonde lady is, like, over there next to me. And I'm like, hey, all right. She's, she's cute. <laughs> Maybe she's, like, you know. And then uh, somebody from behind was like, hey, this is, you know, I forgot her name. It's like Lorena or something. Something. That matched her prettiness. It was a pretty sounding name. This is John Mellencamp's <laughs> wife. I'm like, holy shit, John Mellencamp. So I meet her, and I end up, while I'm waiting to say hi to her celebrity husband, I talk to her for like an hour about whether or not she should put her asshole kid into uh, military school to like, if she thinks that will help, if I think that will help him with discipline and stuff, uh, which I gave her kind of like, I didn't want to like, 
I wasn't nearly as unfiltered as I am now, so I was kind of like, I mean, it's kind of up to you. Like, if you want to, I mean, you know your kid. You were actually trying to be nice about yeah. it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I talked to her for a while, and then I get pictures with her and John Mellencamp, uh, which actually turned out really good, which is great. And then we go sit down, and we eat, and we're hanging out, and I'm sitting, I'm facing one way, and the other, we're at a big circle table, and the other guys are looking at, like, over my shoulder and, like, poking out like looking all weird like like every couple of seconds they keep looking and like talking to each other like what the hell are you guys doing we're like i think that's michelle pfeiffer uh-huh. like so i turn around and i i, I was like i'll look like shit and i look and i'm like yeah that's michelle pfeiffer like we should go talk to her and it's like well, cat woman that's yeah, scarface's wife yeah we know we know who michelle pfeiffer is all right <laughs> so um so they're like we should go talk to her i was like well I don't want to go talk to her if it's not Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm like, you think she's going to be offended? You thought she was Michelle Pfeiffer? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, all right, pansies, I'll go talk to her. So I get up, and I fucking walk over there to her table. Like and a boss. Like a boss. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, shit, if she's not Michelle Pfeiffer, at least she'll be happy that I complimented her. I was like, so I, I walked over there. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. I'm Amber Williams. I'm here with the Joint Service Color Team. Are you so Mich- formal. Are you Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> she's like, yes, yes, I am. I'm like. Awesome. I was wondering if you'd like to come take a picture with us. Can I get us. your number? <laughs> can, I, can I get that number? Uh, I don't have a cell phone because they weren't a thing at this time. But, you know. Um, so uh, she walks over. She takes a picture with us, yeah. which, of course, somebody, somebody put a thumb oh in. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. Uh, so I'm done. There's like, there's, like, there's, like, there's like all of us plus somebody grabbed like some of the – whoever the veterans were that were standing there, right? Like – like five or six extra dudes just like swarmed in and were like, Michelle Fiverr, yeah. And <laughs> took a picture of Michelle Fiverr. I'm like, hey, fucking Michelle Fiverr. And you know what? I did that. You guys didn't do that because you're fucking pussies. So, uh, um, Michelle Fiverr, if you ever hear this, uh, reach out to Matt Williams. I love you. I still have your picture and it's on my wall. So, uh, and I loved you and Stardust, especially most recently. I'm all and, about that. And, Batman Returns and Scarface. And, and Batman Returns. And she was in uh, the new Ant Man movie. So she, she was. Uh, uh, what's her name? Janet, Janet, wife of Hank Pym and mother of. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's Man. in the Marvel movies now. <laughs> uh, she's still Moving smoking hot up. for old lady. So <laughs> she's now not gonna reach out. To <laughs> you said I'm old, no, but that's, you said I'm smoking hot. So I mean, balance, right? I mean, old is a fact. Smoking hot is an opinion. So I would take that one as like okay. So. um so uh, that was the first day. The second day, I think, it was the ceremony. The third day, we just hung out. So the second day, we're doing um, the ceremony, and they put us in what is soon to be TLF, uh, like temporary hotel. But right now, it was completely empty. So we're at sit- Fort Sam. At Fort Sam. Yeah. Fort Sam, such trash. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so we're it's, sitting. It's in, an army base. We're sitting in this room, ready to go. Like the we're still like hours away. And I'm thirsty because it's Texas and it's hot. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go find some water because nothing works because nobody lives there. So I'm going to – I can't find it. I, I was going to at least find a sink and, like, put my mouth on it and, like, drink of that. <laughs> like, if I got to drink out of the sink, I'm fucking thirsty. So I walk walking around. And this is 2007, which means that uh, this is the very beginning of the presidential race to replace George Bush. Okay. So I'm walking down the hallway, like, poking in rooms, like, looking for something with a cup and water or something, a sink or something. And I walk into this room, 
and three feet into the doorway is Anderson Cooper interviewing Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <"Ert?" laughs> and I'm like, uh, my bad. And I walk out. Of, they both stop and look at me. I'm like, they could walk backwards and close the door. <laughs> like, that's ah, the wrong room. Do like a Homer Simpson. Like, eh, I'm just going <laughs> to walk back into the room here. Uh, disregard. <laughs> Play cool. Moonwalk cool. your ass out of there. Moonwalk out of there. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> so we go out to do the color team and John Mellencamp singing. And we're waiting to do like the national anthem, which I'm pretty sure John Mellencamp sang. And uh, it turns out the arm, one of the army guys. So the army brings three guys, one to carry the army flag, the American flag, and the, the the right rifle guard. So the rifle guard forgot his, he lost his shit somewhere. Uh, he thinks he left it in the elevator. It disappeared. So he didn't get to participate in ceremony, which is only important because right as we're standing up, lining up to wait for the ceremony, the chairman of the joint chief comes up and gives us all a coin. Uh, General Pace, who is the coolest dude I've ever seen at the Pentagon, uh, comes up and gives all of us this coin. The first Marine Corps uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and he's a cool dude. And uh, so he gives us a coin. I'm like, holy shit. So this is my first time being coined besides five minutes ago with the Surgeon General, who doesn't really count now because the fucking Chairman of the Joint Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> just gave you a coin. Dude, you are moving out and up <laughs> quick. <laughs> so I'm like, woohoo! Uh, so I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this color team. I'm not even paying attention. I'm just going to be like, yeah, all right. So we get we get done with that, and they do the ceremony, and they walk over to the center for the intrepid, and they do like the ribbon cutting, and we all go over there. We're just spectators in the crowd, and you know John McCain's in the crowd, Hillary Clinton's in the crowd. This is when they were running against each other, and Obama won, obviously. Um, and uh, I run into General Pace <laughs> again, and he, I ask him to take a picture with my shitty little clicky camera, right? <laughs> And Shit uh, from Walgreens. that one had a thumb, hard thumb. Like I, his aide took my picture and apparently, you know, Marines are tough guys, right? General Pace had never met somebody taller than him before. So he was like grabbing my shoulder and like jumping up on his tippy toes to be taller than me. And this man is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the highest ranking military dude, a four-star general on the A1C like a peon and he's like fucking jumping on to like <laughs> we need you to take I, a knee can i can i can we like uh, get higher i'm like holy shit it's jumping on me what do i do <laughs> i'm trying to smile like uh, what do i do <laughs> she like what the fuck so she took a picture so the picture the picture turned out well enough that my face and his face are clear and then it's like thumb like all over so i'm like man should took like four pictures so I'm glad for Always sure. Always probably only had three then. left. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't have yeah, any more left. It. What do I do? So, yeah. yeah. So I have that. And then, you know, we went home and, and that was it. And that was like my first TDY. So I thought all TDYs are going to be like that. Oh. And, uh, Set the bar high. Nope. Nope. So, you know, that's kind of <laughs> – the honor guard was like, hey, this is cool, but you're never going to do this shit again. <laughs> that uh, was pure luck. Yeah. Man. But I did get to go on, I think – See, I probably did that one, and then that one. I think I did four TDYs with the Air Force Band. So the Honor Guard pretty much only goes TDY if you're on the drill team or if you're in the, uh, the with the band. And uh, I'm with the band. I'm with the band. So for all of you listeners out there, all like five of you. Um, no, no, we're at four the, right oh, now. Oh, four, right? Okay. Three. Oh, no, three. Yeah, the, three. Uh, the Air Force Band are full of the exact same guys that are in your high school band, except now they're 40. So – 
The same guys. They're uh, exactly the same people that you had. So you have your ceremonial brass in the Air Force Band, which is the uh, marching band, which is the same marching band of losers that you went to high school with that um, can't do shit. And just the perfect juxtaposition with the Air Force Honor Guard. So we do ceremonies with these guys every day, and it's a super tight ceremonial unit and these big, fat loser kids that are in the band. <laughs> and, like... To the point, okay, for instance, the most common thing you'll see in the honor guard is mud and horse poop because the caisson is driven, has horses, and the, the horses poop wherever they damn well please because I'm a horse, fuck you, right? So, <laughs> so the honor guard with our discipline will march straight through that, the mud or the shit, whatever. We're fucking marching. We're not breaking ranks. The band will, like, disperse or walk around the shit or the poop and then, like, reconvene in their half-assed little formation and then continue walking. Like, it's like those are the kind of guys that are in the band. And, again, these are all tech sergeants and above, and we're all airmen, and we're like, yeah, that's not that's not cool. The uh, They have the uh, Airmen of Note, which is a jazz band. <laughs> they have the concert band and singing sergeants, which is their, like, uh, big – their big band and the choir, the singing sergeants of the choir. Singing sergeants are exactly the choir kids that you knew in high school, and they're like divas, every one of them. I was about to say, I every divas. single one of them. Um, woof. They also have <laughs> um, the strolling strings, which only do cool things. They're like uh, like a string quartet, like a little string band. They do like high society dinners in DC. And then they have Max Impact, which I'm sure you've heard about and seen YouTube videos. They're the rock band for the Air Force Band. There are there's a guitar player in the in the Max Impact that is fully employed by the Air Force Band. His entire job in the United States Air Force is to play electric guitar. That's his whole job, and that's what he was recruited into the Air Force to do. So that guy is my hero. Whatever, whatever, like. Everybody else can play other instruments. That guy plays the electric guitar for the United States <laughs> Air Force. Sounds like a good talent management work yeah. to me, man. So um, so I got to go on TV-wise with them. We went – basically, they go for like two weeks around the country to shitty high schools and just like do Air Force <laughs> recruiting and play, play in concerts in towns you'd rather not go to on purpose. And But uh, the first TV-wise went on right, right after my – San Antonio one, we went to Florida for two weeks, and I'd never been to Florida, which is really fun, except for the fact that fucking alligators live everywhere in Florida. Fuck alligators, man. <laughs> like, I'd, we, we, we went to the – we flew from D.C. to somewhere in Florida and then drove the rest of the way on the bus, and alligators are just chilling on the interstate. I'm like, what – what the fuck is going on right <laughs> Like, there are alligators just chilling on the interstate. Dude, fucking alligators were my biggest fear when we lived in Florida. Yeah. I saw one, yeah. and the rest of the time, there was black bears all over the fucking place. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, just, what the fuck? Just chilling in the front yard, like, no big deal. There's yeah. A bear. <laughs> they dug in our trash. They climbed our fence. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. So, I got to do that. That was cool. Um... What else? Dude, you've, what else do you want to talk about? You've had quite the journey. I have. Uh, but listen, man, we're almost at an hour and a half. Okay. So Sorry. we're going to cut it here. Save the rest for later. Yes, and we're definitely going to have to fucking bring you back, man. I have, I have some good with these stories, stories to we tell. We didn't even get past your first assignment. I know. <laughs> we didn't. Like, right. This is amazing stuff. And you're just like, well, I only did this. <laughs> no, no big deal. Yeah. And, and then that was day one. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> 
I will say one last thing was that uh, General Schwartz, who – or let me tell you two more stories, and then we can go. Uh, <laughs> one real quick is that General Schwartz, every time he saw us, he would say like – he would whisper like, good job. And we weren't allowed to say anything back because we're doing a ceremony. But that yeah. guy – Coolest chief of staff ever. That's Except awesome. Except he was like 900 years Except old. Except he was like 900 years old. But he was a really cool guy. Yeah. I saw him in the Atlanta airport like a year or two after he retired. And I was just like, hey, General Schwartz, how's it going? Uh, he remembered me, so that was cool. Um, but the the General Mosley Secretary Wynn thing, they retired because of the nuke thing where the B-52 flew a real nuke from Minot to Barksdale. Do you yeah. remember that? And so everybody from like – the guy who did it up to General Mosley, yes. Chief of Staff and Secretary of the Air Force, retired. So um, That means they got fired, but called they it a retirement. <laughs> they got politely asked to retire Forced or else. retirement. Uh, yeah, so they were really pissed off, obviously. So Secretary Wynn, like, set the place on fire on his way out and was just like, I'm here against my will and fuck whatever. You, fuck, fuck you, you. fuck you. You're cool, you're cool. Um, General Mosley did, like, he – pulled out all the stops for his retirement. He's like, I'm fucking doing all the things because I'm the chief staff. He had like the – he's like – he's either A&M or UT. I don't remember. But he brought the whole band from the college to do his – instead of the Air Force band, he had the college band come and play all of his stuff. Yeah. Um, and like the fight song and all that stuff. Uh, and his, his ceremony was ridiculous too because he had uh, like – he was trying – you could you – could, Read between the lines. He was very pissed off that he was being forced to retire. And whoever the host was, uh, it might have been who was it? It's either chairman of the Joint Chiefs or the SecDef was the was the host of that. And it was just like <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the fun the thing about that is uh, that I thought was funny, and um, I I had a, a history with General Mosley because my like six months after I graduated, we went to the AFA conference. It was a big conference where people try to sell stuff to the Air Force. But the Honor Guard is like the dog and pony of this. So we have to do all the ceremonies. And when we're not doing ceremonies, and this is 2005, so we didn't have cell phones to keep us busy. We're just sitting in the hotel rooms twiddling our thumbs. And so we would walk around and go see things, and we would run into people like the Chief of Staff or the Chief Master of the Air Force. So General Mosley is the Vice Chief of Staff at this point. Custom dictates if you give somebody a coin – they are supposed to give you a coin unless they're the boss. Like you don't normally like. So my um, tech school superintendent, who I talked about at the very beginning, yeah, that whose office I was in when I got the phone call about my daughter being born, slipped me the honor guard coin to give to the vice chief of staff of the Air Force. And I'm at A1C, and I almost <laughs> shit myself. Like, uh, what am I? What do you mean? And he he fucking was like, "Hey, give this to General Mosley," and he walked away. And I'm like, "What? What? Like, what do you mean?" So. This is the kind of person General Mosley was. So I give General Mosley this coin. I'm like, sir, uh, on behalf of the Air Force Honor Guard, like, he, here's this coin here. And I shook his hand. And he took it and he put it in his pocket. And I'm like, how long should I wait till? okay, he's not giving me one. Okay, okay, bye. And I walked away. And I'm like, okay, thanks, asshole. Um, so fast forward, and I'm at, I do his the color team for his retirement. I'm like, you know, yeah, so that's what you get. And then because he brought the UT, he's all Texas all the time, right? Te he's T Michael Mosley, big Tex. And like, um, so I assumed he was going to retire in Texas. Yeah. Right? This was like 2000, 
eight, I think his retirement was. So I forget all about him. And then I moved to Sumter, South Carolina for my first Intel assignment. And Sumter's so big of a town, the only place you can go to shop is Lowe's. Okay? And I fucking hate Lowe's. So uh, I go into Lowe's to buy a grill or something. And it's like Labor Day or something. I don't remember. But And at Lowe's I, in Sumter, South Carolina, I run into General Mosley <laughs> in fucking like, like shorts and a t-shirt, right? I'm like, holy shit, General Mosley. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? I was like, hey, I'm... Sergeant Williams, I was in the Air Force Honor Guard. I did your retirement, and I was in the Honor Guard like your whole time as chief of staff. What are you doing here? I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were going to Texas because I thought you were like, you know, I thought you were from Texas. He's like, yeah, well, the wife's from here. I'm like, that trumps everything. Four star Air Force general, and you fucking retired to Sumter, South Carolina. <laughs> he has like, a boss. Like, like that. How did that battle go? Like all of Texas or we're going to Sumter, South Carolina. <laughs> you guys got the nicest triple wide in Sumter, South Carolina. Like <laughs> there's not a house that has been built that could fit a four stars retirement pay. Like, holy shit. Like, what are you even anyway? So I was just like laughing to myself. Like, this is, this is where you're at. This is your life choices led you to this. <laughs> like, like, and this is what you get for not giving me a coin. Karma is a <laughs> like, bitch. You get to retire with your four-star pay to Sumter, South Carolina. Hey, it'll go a long way, though. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, it will. Buy a lot of shit from Lowe's and, <laughs> and Walmart. Uh, yeah. But. Well, shit, man. Dude, this was fun. <laughs> this good. was good. this was awesome. Uh, yeah, man. So we have to wrap it up there. Okay. But uh, your stories are the shit. They're <laughs> fucking entertaining, to say the least. So, so, uh, so next time I have, uh, I'll do that guy stories, yeah. which is, uh, you know, don't be that guy. Uh, it basically, lessons in leadership. The way I see leadership. it. Yeah, there yeah. You go. the stuff that I teach my students not to do because they're officers. Because it's just officer students, yeah. and how you can ruin people's life <laughs> uh, without even trying, or, or make them bitter. Yeah. Well, well, shit, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast with us. And uh, we look forward to having you again for sure. Thanks. Uh, soon. Soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm free. So let me know, <laughs> let me know when you want to hang out. Yeah, buddy. All right. We'll see you all later. Peace out, Cub Scout. Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> later. Later.